Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. What a week it has been. It is obviously the fallout from the Royal Rumble, which is happening right now. Raw is war, as it was once called, is in the books. We're done. We're kind of getting an impression of which way we're going to WrestleMania. Obviously, the internet doesn't know whether it's happy or whether it's not. But all things considered, I think it's been a decent few days for the world of WWE. Raw was its usual mad self, but I didn't think it was as mad as usual. And the big criticism is always, oh, I don't like this Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton, Fiend stuff. Yeah, but by now you've got to expect it. And if it's really not for you, it's probably best that you just take a step back and wait until it's done. And I also don't get, and I mentioned this on Ups and Downs for Raw too. so many people are saying, oh, WWE never used to do that. We had The Undertaker's apparent dead brother return from the dead and chokeslam The Undertaker through his parents' graves before using his firepower. I mean, back in, what was it, the 94 Rumble? Or whichever Rumble it was, I can't remember. When The Undertaker was buried, it was 96, who knows, who got buried in the Yokozuna's casket match, and he flew, he ascended to the skies. So I do admit that a lot of what we're doing right now is a possibility because of the fact we don't have fans, like the Alexa Bliss transformations. But I'd rather they gave it a go than just stuck to the status quo. So it's not really my thing, but I'm certainly not against it as many people are. But we'll get to that. We'll go through the Royal Rumble and that will naturally give us a, a stepping off point. I don't really think there's been much else going on in terms of news or anything like that. It's, um, well, th- the real conversation has been the likes of where was Keith Lee in the Rumble? Where was Mia Yim? Where was Jey Uso? I mean, Mia Yim and Keith Lee are definitely self-isolating, given that Mia Yim came out and said that she tested positive for coronavirus. So, you know, all all best wishes to her. And of course, they live together. You know, they're they're a couple. So it's such a shame that Keith Lee wasn't able to be in the Rumble because that would have been awesome. And then Jey Uso seems to be injured as well. Whether that's a COVID issue as well, we don't know. Well, I don't know anywhere as I'm talking. And as much as it does suck, I think sometimes, well, given the world that we live in and given the pandemic, you just have to shrug your shoulders and go, okay, that's just what happened, and there's nothing that we can we can do about it. Quick shout out to patreon.com forward to Simon316 and everyone that did sign up this week. I do appreciate every single uh, bit of support I can get, so thank you so much. And the same for everyone that bought a t-shirt at simon.bigcartel.com. Uh, some people asking for some new designs. New designs will come in once I've shipped all these ones, because sometimes my house is just run over with t-shirts. I need to be a better salesman, really. Hence why I've mentioned them there, too. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at SimonMiller316, YouTube channel, Simon Miller, and shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for always supporting the show. Go there for all your merchandise needs. They will absolutely help you out. Right, so the Royal Rumble. I like the show. I like the show mostly from top to bottom. I thought it was really easy. I think that we have uh, proven now that the concept could handle both the men and women's because I heard that a lot back in the day. Oh, it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. I could have 42 of them, I think, and I would still enjoy it. I don't know why. There's just something very entertaining about it. And it's one of the reasons that I like Bianca Belair winning and I liked Edge winning because it gave me the two things that I want from professional wrestling. 
on the one hand, you've got a new star in Bianca Belair, wins the Royal Rumble, massive rub. If she goes on to WrestleMania and wins a title, that's going to rock. Also did it for the runner-up, Rhea Ripley. Like, she didn't feel like a loser. She felt like someone that was coming of age. And then over the men's ones, we're focusing on narrative. We're focusing on storytelling. You know, we're focusing on this incredible tale of a man who had to retire 10 years ago because of an injury. And a neck injury at that, which usually is the, you know, that's it, it's over. Never had, never lost his championship because he had to give it up when he retired, and now he's making his way back to get it. And all the rumors seem to suggest that the plans at the moment are for Edge to take on Roman Reigns. And that's even more better because Roman's all about legacy and family, and that's kind of what Edge has been saying too. And I don't want to sound like a, an asshole, but, you know, if Roman wins and destroys Edge's dreams... That's just going to help Roman Reigns so much become the ultimate asshole, which he already is. And there's an irony there because Edge is the ultimate opportunist. So it's also it was a surprise when they announced that Orton and Edge were going to be one and two. I was a bit like, well, that's a bit odd. Why are we announcing that so soon? But I think it tied into the story well. And I thought the men's Royal Rumble from top to bottom was pretty enjoyable. I mean, I'm looking at it in almost chapters for lack of a better term like when you know so Carlito comes back that gets me through the next five minutes why I like Carlito so much I don't know I think given you know Damian Priest's entry uh, at the Rumble and on in the Raw last night I thought has hopefully put him in a good position although I get it Vince McMahon will push somebody for three weeks and that will be that and even though Oakwas was only in there for 53 seconds I'll have you know before he got chucked out I think by Baron Corbin if I remember correctly the Again, it was like this game of tennis because then seconds later, Dominic Mysterio is eliminating Baron Corbin and that's awesome because it ties into their feud and it gives Dominic a little something-something after he got beaten a couple of times. Even Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley gets in there and I think he had the most eliminations of the night. Now, that's not true. But he definitely eliminated Biggie, Christian, Daniel Bryan and Riddle really, really quickly. But then, you know, he had that stare off with Big E as well. And I was like, okay, this is good too. So I really did think it was well put together. I liked all the Omos stuff as well. Because Omos, at the moment, even though he is AJ Styles' bodyguard, he hasn't done much. And I guess, he, you know, what can he do? But not only did he save AJ Styles, but actually just reaching up from the depths and eliminating Big E. I don't know why I said Big E was eliminated by Bobby Lashley, because Omos did it, didn't he? Maybe I'm going nuts. I've been very tired. I didn't sleep at all. But anyway... I'm pretty sure that Omos eliminated Rey Mysterio and, and Big E. And I really enjoyed it. The fact that, you know, it made him look dominant. And that in, in that sense, it helped. It will help AJ Styles as his bodyguard. And Seth Rollins coming back was great. I would have preferred if he had come back as I'm, a, you know, I'm a nice dad now. But whatever, you know, who cares? It really, it, it's really not a big deal. Um, and he was a big enough star as as well that when it was down to him and Edge, you had the thought, well, Edge isn't going to win. It makes more sense for Seth Rollins to... And I enjoyed the overall arc of, you know, Randy Orton getting injured beforehand and then, you know, coming back in. And you think, oh, no, Orton's going to get him because how many times have we seen that? But no, the babyface wins and you have that feel-good feeling. It all worked for me. I, you know, the highlight was Christian. Who I mean, I don't know how this keeps happening. But between Christian, Daniel Bryan and Edge, you know, all these people that have retired with serious, serious injuries that they're not meant to be able to recover from. Being able to step back in a wrestling ring Especially Christian, who is so underrated. Like, he's so good. He just is. Whether you like him or not, I'm not sure anybody could knock his fundamentals. He just gets wrestling. He really does. So I thought that was excellent. A hug with Edge. That's the kind of emotion I want in my life. So yeah, decent stuff from top to bottom. Maybe the women's one was a little bit more stagnated at points. But, you know, I don't mind Gillian Hall being back. I liked everything with Billy Kay in the early going because I think she's an idiot and I enjoy what she does. Saw Tori Wilson. That was good. Alicia Fox. Eh, 24-7 title stuff isn't really for me, but whatever. Ember Moon. All these cool people. 
I felt sorry for Shotzi Blackheart, who was only in for about three minutes, 46, and she was eliminated first before anybody else. And it was a long old while before we got our second elimination. And I thought that was kind of a shame. But again, I think we were trying to fill plug holes. And of all the matches in WWE, there are fewer ones that kind of tie into this idea of it's about well, let, me, let me rephrase this. Like most times people will say it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. That's not really true with the Rumble. You, I'm not saying this was the women's one at all, but you can have a, you know, a complete higgledy-piggledy Raw Rumble. And if the ending's really good, it saves the day. And I thought this, was a, this is probably one of the best Rumbles the women have had. But the fact that it gets down to Rhea Ripley versus uh, Bianca Belair after they've thrown out Charlotte Flair, which instantly tells you we're not going the way that we usually do. We're going to try and build a new star. You instantly get invested. And they had that cool little scrap at the beginning that they would sat on the apron looking at each other. I thought it was just really, really well done. And Bianca Belair's promo afterwards was excellent. She has everything that she needs. And what I would do, um, even though I don't want Oscar to lose the championship, I'm convinced that she's going to anyway. So I may as well just go with my fears. Let Charlotte beat Oscar for the championship at either Elimination Chamber or Fastlane. Probably Elimination Chamber because Fastlane would give me the fear given it's only three weeks before Mania. And then work Rhea Ripley into a position. I guess Rhea Ripley should win Elimination Chamber in February or March, whatever the hell it is. And then she should take on Charlotte and she should win the title. Um, so essentially at WrestleMania, you have Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Don't mind who wins that one. You know, if Sasha Banks wins... She's never had a decent title reign, as we know, until now. So that will be a good scalp. And as long as it's a good match, that will be fine. Obviously, my pick would be Bianca Belair winning because it would turn into a superstar and you could probably get her to Sasha Banks' level, which is what we need. And Rhea Ripley has to beat Charlotte. And then it makes up for all that nonsense we did last year. And if we do do that, then I think the women's division is going to be in a, in a great position. And it already kind of is. Like, the tag team is a bit of a mess because WWE doesn't really know what they're doing, hence why they had merged the women's and the tag teams for so long. But, you know, you've got Tony Storm who could come up. Shotzi Blackheart could come up. Uh, Dakota Kai could come up. She was in the Rumble as well. A bit weird seeing Santana Garrett, but again, I think some people weren't able to, uh, to get in the Rumble, so they just put her in last minute. And it's good for her. I know that sounds so cheesy when we say stuff like that, but I genuinely think it. I enjoy sometimes just the thought of a wrestler getting to live their dream and be in the Royal Rumble, because I bet that's quite the trip. Before we do move on for the women's division, I do have to say I'm absolutely done and over all this Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, Lacey Evans stuff. Every time I hear, woo, and out come Ric Flair and Lacey Evans, I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. Even the commentator said that on Raw, so I'm not 100% sure that we're banging on all cylinders with that one, but I guess... That's the only reason I don't, that's the only, I can't see how we get past Lacey Evans and to Oscar and to WrestleMania. That's not a lot of time, but I suppose WWE does like to rush stuff. Uh, Talk about Sasha Banks too. She fought Carmella at the pay-per-view. Not as good as Ed Tillersey match. Still pretty damn good. I think whatever Carmella's done, it's helped her no end because she just comes across like a better wrestler now. And I'm really into Reginald. I, I just like Reggie. Good old Reg. I mean, yeah, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler winning the tag championships in the pre-show is fine because, again, I enjoy the the, the belts being split up. I did think it was a little bit of a shame that it was on the pre-show just because I think there is a... There's a there's just a stereotype because WWE has taught you this that if they you know if you see anything on the pre-show it's not worth a damn so that's a massive shame. Drew McIntyre Goldberg again everyone was worried. I just I'm not saying I knew this but I just had a good feeling that it was just going to be Drew McIntyre beating Goldberg for the sake of Drew McIntyre. I'm 99 sure WWE's all in with him, which is why if now we do build to even if we did do Edge versus 
Drew, which I don't think we will. It's another great win for Drew, but I actually think Brock Lesnar's going to come back. I think we do Brock versus McIntyre in front of some fans. Again, McIntyre wins, which is all good. It's just going to make him into a better champion. And I'm going to go enjoy this mini feud with Sheamus. You know, Sheamus finally turned on Drew McIntyre and Raw, just kicked him in the head. Doesn't want to be called Drew McIntyre's friend anymore. He's more than that. He's Sheamus. And he wants to win the WWE title. That's fine. That's an easy, understandable storyline that can serve us well until WrestleMania. They'll have good matches. Sheamus is better as a heel. No problem with that whatsoever, as I did with Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. And yeah, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Look, I understand the finish was stupid. I didn't even I don't, I don't even see why we need to mention it. We all know what happened. I don't know why we have to give him a kicking when it was clearly a massive mistake. Paul Heyman couldn't get the handcuffs undone. And the referee screwed up with his count where it was clearly over. It's wrestling. I don't want to say this, but it, I'm not saying it's fake. It's not, but it's not real. <laughs> and when you are putting on a performance, these things can go wrong. Otherwise, how can you criticize that? We saw a man get run over in a golf cart. And yes, they borrowed it maybe from AEW or maybe they borrowed it from ECW or maybe they borrowed it from Jerry Lawler. This is not the first time someone has been run over in a vehicle. Hell, we did it at Survivor Series. Was it Survivor Series or SummerSlam? I can't remember. Rikishi ran over Austin. <laughs> It was another Samoan guy doing it. So it's something, you know, and, and, and um, Kevin Owens does the stunner. So you could even say they got the idea from that, but it was easier to do it with those guys as opposed to a stunt double, which is what we did with Stone Cold in a golf cart. I really don't care. It was funny. It made me laugh. Uh, Kevin Owens has got to be one of the most innovative people when it comes to crazy spots in hardcore matches. I don't know how he comes up with it. And I tell you, when we first did the handcuff spot and Roman Reigns was attached to the pillar and he, you know, the referee got to nine before he attacked him, I bought into it. I genuinely thought, oh my gosh, Roman Reigns is going to lose, which was stupid in hindsight, but that's why it must have been a good match. And again, maybe I'm a moron, but I'm fine being that too. But yeah, I wanted Kevin Owens to win, but he couldn't. You know, Roman Reigns probably needs to hold on to that championship for a while just to double down on um, you know, everything that he's doing. But he can lose as well, as can Drew. Anybody can lose. So in the right kind of a match, again, Edge versus Roman Reigns, I, I kind of be torn. My brain would say Roman. My heart would say Edge. But that's great. It means I can make a justification for it either way. So really, really good show. I didn't like the bit in the middle or after the Women's Rumble when there was that 25-minute segment. And then R-Truth, um, Pete Rosenberg just rolled up R-Truth. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. And I didn't massively like all the 24-7 title stuff in the Women's Royal Rumble. But maybe I'm being a bit of a negative Nancy. I think it's just run its course. We're going round and round in circles. I don't get overly excited about it. I don't know what the future holds for it. I think I would have rather shone a spotlight elsewhere. But yeah, decent pay-per-view. I enjoyed it. There have been some rumbles which haven't gone as smoothly as these two did. And that, for me, is all fine. Which moves on to Monday Night Raw, which I also thought was good. We probably need to talk about Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny is a very, very successful music star. And as much as you may not want to see him perform on the Raw Rumble, which I can get. You're not watching for that. The amount of views he has done already is crazy. Hence why he was probably back on Raw. Not only telling us that one day he wants to try and give wrestling a hand properly and more power to him, but he kind of endorsed Damian Priest. Damian Priest was on Raw. Beat the Miz in the match, which I was a big fan of, even if there was a distraction there. But having a superstar like that interact with a new guy, which Edge did too, is only going to help Damian Priest, especially because he has the sort of Damocles hanging over his head at the moment. You know, you look at Keith Lee, you look at Mojo Rawley. I mean, you look at any of the NXT guys that have come up. I mean, look at Lars Sullivan. I know he didn't come to NXT, but he had his three weeks, told us about the bugs that he used to eat and the bullies that he used to deal with. And then he's just vanished and he's gone. And I don't want that to happen to Damian Priest because I think he's really good. So much so that now I'm just calling him Damian Priest. He's not Damian or Priest. He is Damian Priest. Um, I want, I think... 
He has all the makings. I would give him the Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't think they will do that. But the fact that he beat Miz, that's... I, and I get on there, it's too soon. It's not too soon. I think he's in his late 30s already. He knows what he's doing. He gets his character. It was really, really well re redefined in NXT. They totally got him. Move him into the main event as long as possible. Uh, sorry, as quickly as possible. I'm not saying he has to win, but at least make me feel like he could win. And then if you don't want him to beat Drew, come up with a way to make that make sense. Or, you know what? Have him beat Drew McIntyre. Why the hell not? Drew McIntyre is now going to be awesome regardless. He's found his uh, his personality. He's found his momentum. I don't think that's going to go any away, anything away soon. So, yeah, I, I, I was a real big fan of that. I like Damian Priest a lot, and I hope that he does well. I thought Bobby Lashley versus Riddle was stupid. <laughs> what happened was this. I bought into the idea that maybe they had a really good idea for the title match, and I got quite excited. I think because I saw Riddle and Daniel Bryan go at it in the Rumble. I was like, man, that's the kind of Riddle I want to see. And then Lashley just applies the hurt lock on the apron, and he gets counted out for the five, and he gets DQ'd. I mean, that's so lame. It's so lame when you want to actually come up with a creative finish where one guy wins. But the biggest fear I had was that afterwards they were selling it like Riddle had lost his mind. And I mean that literally. Like he couldn't remember where he was. Now, maybe it was just a one and done and he was meant to be concussed or knocked out, whatever. But I kind of felt like we focused on that too much. I don't want a Riddle. <laughs> I don't want that Riddle. I don't want any character like that in WWE because they do not treat those things in the manner they should do. Again, it's like a sledgehammer to the face. And you're like, this is too much. But we'll see. We will see. I'd find it amazing that anybody could watch, again, that tussle in the rumble and not trying to book that version of Riddle. But yeah, it, it's a mystery to me, much like Evolution. Uh, everything with Randy on Edge was great. They get it. They do good promos. I enjoyed the main event at the end. Yes, I had silly stuff with Dana, um, with Alexa Bliss, but I just don't care. Again, I just don't care. It's like when I wake up in the morning, do I expect to be in my house? Yes. So now when I see Randy on a raw ring, do I expect Alexa Bliss to appear? This time with blood in my mouth. Yes, I did. I wouldn't say I like it. I wouldn't say I hate it. I think it's kind of just there. But I do appreciate the fact that WWE is committing to long-term storytelling. And I've said that loads of times. I'd rather you try than didn't try, which is why I kind of give it a free pass. I do like everything between Ali and Kofi Kingston too. I think surely we're building to a WrestleMania match. I think that would be a great Mania match too. And it just makes sense. Like you can understand why Mustafa Ali would be pissed off when it did look like he was going to get his big shot in 2019, got injured, and then Kofi Mania took over. Now that wasn't Kofi Kingston's fault, but that's what makes Mustafa Ali the bad guy. He can't see that because he's just so pent up with rage. I didn't like Ali versus Xavier Woods again. I like the match, but just ending with another distraction is like, well, again, we haven't achieved anything here. And Retribution as a group feel so disjointed at the moment. Um... They just don't feel like much of a threat. I think Ali's actually doing better on himself, and he just happens to have these guys hanging around him. Uh, decent, decent tag team match between the Hurt Business and the Lucha House Party. Again, don't know why the Lucha House Party keep hanging around. We should probably come up with a proper feud for them. We're still teasing that Cedric Alexander is arrogant and Shelton doesn't like him, but MVP is keeping it together. The Hurt Business are just a decent team. And it's one of those things where you can kind of have the odd hiccup here and there. But because they feel like such a cohesive unit, and I look forward to seeing them, they get away with it. And yeah, our new tag team uh, for the women's belts, our new number one contenders are Lana and Naomi. Don't think about it. Don't worry about why they're together. They did try and explain it. It was one of the lamest expl explanations we've had for ages. But they all took a back seat to Charlotte and Oscar and Lacey Evans and Ric Flair. Charlotte and Oscar are clearly going to break up because Charlotte basically walked out on her partner and Lacey Evans and Ric Flair came out to once again cause the distraction. What really got me here is that when we did get the woo, even Byron Saxton went, oh, not again. I was like, exactly, not again. I don't need to see this. Um, and if you like it, that's awesome, genuinely. But I mean, Dana Brooke, 
the Dana Brooke. Lana and Naomi taking on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. At least that ties into the Lana storyline. And she got a bit of revenge at the Rumble. It just doesn't get me massively excited. That's all I'll say. Carlito is back, as we mentioned, teaming up with Jeff Hardy to take on Jackson Riker and Elias. That feud needs to die, but look, if you got Elias, if you got Carlito a match on television, and Carlito can become the 2021 MVP, obviously he returned in 2020, was just meant to be a producer, and now is one of the most pivotal parts of the show, that's all good with me. I don't know why I like Carlito so much. I can't answer that question, but I think he rocks. I think he's great, and he gets all the thumbs up from me. And yeah, the Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross stuff. I said this, and I'll say it again. I don't mind her transforming all the time because we've made that clear. That's the law of the world, right? These are the rules that we've created. What annoyed me about that match is where did it come from? We should have done this weeks ago. Instead, Nikki Cross hasn't actually been on television. She's been doing social media promos. And then all of a sudden, she's back to, you are meant to be my friend. Why aren't you my friend no more? I said, what do you mean? Again, if I just started watching a couple of weeks ago, this wasn't highlighted at all. That's what really irks me is that you always have these good opportunities to have these grud matches. And then eventually a few weeks down the line, we go, oh, we can do it now. It's too late now. You should have done it ages ago. You've got to strike when the iron is hot or come up with a way to segue back into it. And we never do that. We just go, ah, they'll figure it out. And we do figure it out. So they've got a point, but it doesn't make for good storytelling. Um, and you know you compare that with the main event of Edge versus Orton now these two just have great chemistry ever I don't think they can ever have a bad match uh, and again I don't mind it ended with nonsense because I expected if Alexa Bliss hadn't have been there that probably would have been weirder and Edge wins after the spear but those two are just great they're just I, I think Randy Orton right now is he absolutely knows who he is as a performer and I think that rocks and Edge despite being 47 years old does not I mean, he looks like an older guy, but he doesn't move like an older guy. I think he's... I I love the fact that he's back. I love the fact he's been put into this position. It made Raw more fun for me. And also what made Raw fun for me is that's essentially everything that happened on the show. So if you actually go through it block by block by block, it was... I don't want to say it was drawn out because that's not the wrong word, but usually they just throw so much stuff at you. You get exhausted. Like, man, this is too much. This is too much for me to go through. I'd much rather have, you know, less good things to go through than just a bunch of mediocrity so i actually thought raw was decent there's still issues there i'm not going to pretend otherwise and smackdown is the superior show but i can only ever go by you know the three hours roll around i finish it i sit there and go look did i enjoy that and this week i was like i did i thought that was pretty decent all around so yeah i'm going to guess the WrestleMania card is probably shaping. I mean, I would see it as, I think it's going to be Roman versus Edge. I think that's a much more interesting matchup. I don't know what we do with Drew. That's a real intriguing one, especially because you could argue that Daniel Bryan should go with Roman Reigns. So maybe do do Edge versus Drew. And they have teased that now, although Edge is going to be on SmackDown too. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, I'm now convinced they're going to do a Firefly Funhouse match because the John Cena one last year did get a lot of people talking. And while we are going to have fans, it's still going to be a different environment. And when you think about the kind of past that Randy Orton has, that could be, look, you know, again, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite. Casual fans aren't going to get it, but I think hardcore fans would go crazy for it. And you need to make sure you reward those people. So, you know, that will be decent. I kind of hope we get Biggie versus Christian for the IC belt, but I think I'm living in a dream world. I do think it'll be Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Um, I do think it'll be Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. I don't know where that leaves Bailey. I don't know where that leaves Oscar. Maybe you do something with them, a cross-promotional thing. Let's not pretend they haven't done that before. But overall, I think we come out with the Royal Rumble and we come out with the Raw Road to WrestleMania pointing at the sign being quite positive 
about the direction we're going in, or at least I am, I think SmackDown will be truly interesting because we're done with the Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns stuff now. You cannot go back to them. If you do, you are beating a dead horse, which again opens up the door for what the hell do we do with Kevin Owens? Maybe Christian, Kevin Owens, Big E, and a bunch of those dudes, Damian Priest, well, not Damian Priest, but maybe you get a bunch of guys and you put them in the IC title ladder match, which we sometimes do. And I get this a really hardcore match for Christian, but at the same time, it will be a multi-man match. So you may be able to protect him. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know what we do with Kevin Owens. We'll see what happens with Roman Reigns. Um, I really, I think we need to talk about SmackDown. Well, I, just quickly, because I get that was the go-home show for the Royal Rumble and we're past that now. But it was the maddest thing I've ever seen in my life. The distractions, the DQs, Sheamus just turned up, Raw superstars, Braun Strowman being back. Oh my gosh, I was dying. I'm not saying there isn't a thousand better ways to do that because there is. But it goes back to that point I just made. Tears in my eyes. I felt so good for a good hour after that show just because it was like they just, it was like someone had told them, here's every idea you've had for the last 10 years, but unfortunately they expired tonight. So if you don't use them, I'm going to take them back. And so we just did every single one. When the raw happened and Braun Strowman came out, I was howling. I was rolling. Give me that every now and then. Don't do it all the time because eventually I think it would it would send us wild. But nobody can do that ludicrousness as well. Is that the right word? I don't know as WWE, but I never want it to go away. It was just potty. And actually, before we do move on for the Rumble, I do admit that the Cesaro Shinsuke Nakamura teases were a shame. They didn't really have much impact within the Rumble itself. And I know a lot of people had bought into it. And I can see why you did. I think sometimes you've got to go back with the experience and look at the past to, to shape the future. But hey, we'll see what they do now. Rumors are going around that Cesaro's contract is up after WrestleMania 37. So, of course, people mention AEW. I think he'll stay with WWE would be my gut feeling. But um, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? We'll find out. But in terms of the last week for World Wrestling Entertainment, I think they can give themselves a pat on the back. I think they've done all right. Moving on outside of WWE, and I'm sure you understand, you know, when we have Raw Rumble weekend, WWE will always take over. and It will be the same when AEW has Revolution and when New Japan has Wrestle Kingdom, so on and so forth. On the subject of New Japan, I did watch the Tanahashi match the other day. You should go out of your way to watch that when he wins the spoiler, spoiler, the never open weight title. That man is ridiculous. If you're into that kind of wrestling, that man is otherworldly. He knows what he's doing. And in terms of AEW and NXT, I thought AEW's show last week was... The problem with AEW is, even when they have a, a quote-unquote bad show, or not as good a show as they've had overall, they still... It's not, it's not a bad thing, but they still they're still able to... I can't think of the right way to phrase it, but it's it's never it's always consistent. It's always consistent. I was on I was lucky enough to host Talk Wrestling over on Talk Sport Two the other day, which you can check out now. Just search for Talk Sport Two and you'll find it. I think they have podcasts as well. But it is like a sports coach taking over a team and doing so well in the early going that they completely rejig what the expectations are from top to bottom. And then when they only have, I wouldn't even go mediocre, just a decent result, all of a sudden that's like the worst result ever because the Dynamite from last week was far better than the one before that. But the one before that was still okay. It was still fine. It was still more than watchable. Uh, I think the highlight of last week was Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. That was a great match. As it turns out, was Dax Harwood's idea. He wanted to put Jungle Boy over and give him a big win, which was 100% the right thing to do. It's something that he's needed. he's needed for a while now. Um, not that there was any rush it was just at some point he needed something like that and it was awesome and now I think we're going to do the tag team match as well which is also good just great from top to bottom and I don't mind the Shaq stuff either that's kind of the <laughs> the thing that flooded my uh, well mostly on my Twitter at Simon316 I get it like is it something that I'm probably going to you know remember in years to come I doubt it but if you are trying to get new eyes on your product 
then you need to think outside the wrestling bubble. And Shaq is a huge star. Shaq will get you time on ESPN, maybe even more so now because ESPN has an edict they're not going to feature any more WWE stuff. So maybe they will get in bed with AEW because of stuff like that. I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. And I like the fact that we're doing the, the Red Velvet and the Jade Cargill stuff. I know they're green and they're rookies, but man, you've got to put them in the spotlight sometime. Let's see if they sink or swim. So that'll be good. Uh, I enjoyed Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison against the Inner Circle. So that was decent. Everything was decent. Moxley, Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston, all the stuff with the Elite and the Young Bucks, etc., etc. It's just good stuff. I mean, Hangman Page will be the ultimate one. He beat Dolph Ziggler's brother, which I found very entertaining. But that will be the, you know, when it's time to, to pull that off, if they do it right, I think it'll be absolutely brilliant. So yeah, decent show from, from top to bottom. And it's beach break tomorrow night. Let me try and pull up the... That's not how you spell it. AEW Break Beach, I've written. <laughs> what a moron. But they have... Oh, wow. It's got its own Wikipedia entry, so we know it's serious. And there's only four matches announced. I thought there was more than that. But obviously, we have Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers going against Moxley and Death Triangle, that being Pac and Ray Phoenix. It's going to be great, right? You already know what they're going to do. The klaxon's going to sound, oh, and everyone's going to get in the ring. It's going to be awesome. We also have Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker, and surely whoever wins that should go on to take Sheeda. Even if Thunder Rosa does win it, who cares, man? Sheeda and Rosa will have a great match. You've got Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston round two in a Lumberjack match, because, of course, you'll have Jake Roberts out there, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny, and a bunch of other people. And you've got the crazy tag team battle royal with the winners getting a championship match at Revolution. The young bucks are in it, and if they're able to win, they will pick their opponent. So there's every chance they could, and they could pick the Good Brothers. The reason that's so smart is because it's a way to pretend, hey man, we're still buddies, we still love each other, but secretly the young bucks hate them because they think their piles are trash. Uh, I think the t I think these teams are right. So we've got Top Flight, The Acclaim, Private Party, Jurassic Express, Sammy Hagar. I love the fact they're called that now. Santana, Ortiz, FTR, Young Bucks, Inner Circle Part 2, and The Dark Order. It is a bit weird that Chris Jericho and MJF, Jake Hagar and Sammy Guevara, and Santana and Santana Ortiz are in this, given that the whole point of that triple threat was to decide who the official team of the Inner Circle was. I don't quite get that one. It almost takes the... Well, I felt like that match was kind of good for that reason. I was like, oh, what direction they're going to go? Unless they're actually going to break up and we're going to continue that on here. Maybe they will. That'd be okay. I'd be fine with that. Why the hell not, right? Let's do it. And NXT has, I don't know, again, and it's so hard to flip and find anything on NXT before the fact that there's just nothing. It just drives me absolutely nuts. This is a problem, WWE. You need to start telling me what you're going to what you're going to have on. I can't, without looking at a... A, a, a sheet in front of me i can't i can't remember what happens i watch too much wrestling i'm very blessed to watch too much wrestling but i watch too much wrestling and it all blurs into one sometimes i'm like oh that happened last week and i realized it was about seven weeks ago because i've just made an absolute <laughs> an absolute faux pas uh, impact's kind of decent at the moment too i like that moose has stepped into this role although they are saying that moose's contract is going to come due it's kind of interesting when impact wrestlers contracts come due now because they have this working relationship with new japan does it mean that we just kind of tie up with the other company and then you could still appear on Impact. I don't know how that's going to work because Ethan Page left recently and I don't know whether those stories about him falling out with Don Callis and Scott Demore were true, but if it is, does that then make it difficult for him to join AEW? I don't know. It's an interesting situation. And of course, we should talk about John Moxley who, who popped up on New Japan Strong 
which is the American New Japan show. Apparently, it was taped in December, so that match is already done. I'm going to guess Kenta wins and takes the belt back to Japan, and then when the world opens up, Moxie will go back over there. And the reason it's quite fascinating is because in his deal, he's allowed to work New Japan shows in Japan, as and when his schedule allows. But this is in LA where it's going down, and I'm pretty sure that's Tony Khan doing John Moxley a favor. So maybe there is some kind of, not a deal in place, but the hope that they can do more down the line. I don't know that. I mean, I'd love to see it. I do think... If they do do it, they should. You don't want to go too crazy with it. You know, so say so you got your four pay per views a year. I I don't think you want to do more than one New Japan versus AEW match. I don't think you want a full blown invasion. Would be my thing. I think you want to try and stretch out for as long as you can. It doesn't mean the story can't be. Oh, we're coming to get you. But I don't want a, like a WWF invasion or Survivor Series two thousand one or anything like that. Because I think when you, and again, it's not fair because AEW potentially could do it better. But I just, you don't want to write that. That can go on for so long. And, you know, don't give everybody anything at once. Let people take their time. Let people take it in. But yeah, I mean, decent. AEW, and I remember thinking NXT was decent last week, even though I can't remember what the hell happened. I just like Finn Balor on it. I don't know whether you saw the Superstar Spectacle. Actually, I think we have already discussed this. But yeah, when we had the Superstar Spectacle... My favorite thing about it was seeing Finn Balor in the Thunderdome. I forget how much I like Finn Balor. He's just great. And this new version would, you know, fit in so much better on Raw and SmackDown. But hey-ho, it is what it is. Maybe he'll still down in NXT. A lot of those guys, and they're correct, see it as just a, um, a, you know, just another brand now. And it is. Of course it is. Where's the developmental side? It doesn't exist. They're on TV. They're going after ratings. They're now even, you know, even stronger in bed with NBC than were before. So that adds extra pressure. I would be intrigued. Moving on to the questions. Again, always keep an eye on Simon316, and I will ask uh, a thread out. You can ask whatever the hell you want. As Connor Cooper has done, he says, with the latest rumors speculating that Cesaro's contract will expire at WrestleMania, who would you want to see him face if he were to leave WWE and why? What a good question. I mean, AJ Styles comes to mind, because I love AJ Styles, and those two would have a great match. But if he is on his way out, I mean, it'd be awesome if you could build him up for a world title shot and then he loses, but they won't do that as far as I know. Shinsuke Nakamura would be good. I don't think that their relationship has felt so strong, like his and Sheamus's, that if they did break up, we'd be like, oh no. But it's still quite, you know, be, there is, there's worth to it, I suppose. You know, there's, there's a, a kind of an inbuilt storyline, even if that wasn't the plan. So yeah, I think, you know, Cesaro versus Shinsuke Nakamura match, which I'm sure has happened, but I don't remember, would be awesome. My man Thomas Speller, who says, if you could pick the brain of one wrestling character about their style and promo, who would it be? Um, I mean, who's smashing it right now? I mean, probably Stone Cold Steve Austin, I guess, now I've said that. Or, no, because I think Stone Cold Steve Austin was more well-rounded than a Bret Hart, because if you want to talk about promos and everything like that. Yeah, probably Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, the most popular guy ever. He'd probably teach you a thing or two. Jamie says, do you think we'll see The Fiend properly back before Mania? And if so, does he get involved with the Orton and Edge program if they carry it on? Or now that Edge has beaten Orton on Raw, will The Fiend come back and go after Orton ready for a match at WrestleMania? Well, who knows what's true and what's not true. The big rumor is that The Fiend obviously is going to come back soon and he's going to have a new look, which would make sense given that he was burned alive. I would suppose, I think, yeah, as we've already said, Randy Orton versus The Fiend and maybe a fun fly, a fine house gibberish jabberoo. <laughs> That's what they should call it. That would be my pick. I don't know whether it's true or not, but that would be my guess. Harine says, hey, Simon, this is my daily proclamation of my love for Kenny Omega. Do you think the beef with friend of the channel Tamatonga is a work? Have a great rest of your day. And you, Harine, I like that question. I don't know. I will tell you this, breaking kayfabe, and if he ever hears this, he'll be mad at me. Tamatonga is a super nice dude. He is one of the nicest dudes I've ever met in wrestling. He is so passionate. He is so happy. He is so good hearted. 
But I mean, I genuinely have no idea. But that's not to say that I couldn't understand why he may feel a little bit put out given how much time and effort he's put into the Bullet Club. So maybe he does feel like this isn't fair. But then again, he's such a good wrestler too. It could be a work. This is why he's great. I have absolutely no idea. The, the guy knows what to say and the guy knows how to generate chatter right it's why he's brilliant at what he does and underrated as far as i'm concerned obviously he's still i hate him he's my mortal enemy i would err on the side of caution and say it's probably a work but i don't know and that's when somebody's done a good job like you always hear these i can't believe it lied to me it's wrestling if they've worked you it means they did a good job hunter of chaos says if you were signed by aew impact or wwe who would you want to feud with first easy dude it's always simple signed by wwe feud me with drew or roman sign with aew feud me with kenny omega sign with impact put me with rich swan because then even if i you know flub the bed ship the bed i work with the world champion so i'll always have that story eleanor says i just wanted to say i love your podcast and your youtube channel they're both great thank you eleanor that always means a lot to me now that seth rollins is back what should his story be I think I would have rather he came back as a good guy. I think I'm kind of done with the whole oh, I'm a crazy cult dude, but he is very good at it. But you're right. What story? I mean, he could fit in with the Dominic and Rey Mysterio stuff, I suppose. Go back to that. Probably a little long in the tooth, but you have due cause. It's a great question. You look up and down that card, and it's why a small part of me thinks that maybe we will do Edge versus Drew. And no, everyone's saying the opposite, because then you could do Seth versus Roman. Maybe they could do Seth versus Daniel Bryan. Maybe that's why he got eliminated from the Rumble, because things changed. I don't know whether it was just a passing comment or not, but on The Observer earlier, uh, Dave Meltzer said, well, insinuated, I think I could have misheard it, that Edge was the guy that came up with the story about winning the Rumble and going back after his championship. So maybe that's when Daniel Bryan changed. I'll take Seth versus Daniel Bryan. That would absolutely rock. So maybe it should be there. Peter Russell, do you think Edge will win the title at Mania, then having completed his underfinished business, decides to retire and it will be on his terms? No, absolutely not. Well, I hope not anyway, because I want to see Edge Kevin Owens. I want to see Edge Seth Rollins, Edge AJ Styles, uh, Edge Sami Zayn, Edge Roman Reigns. I may have said that already. I want to see Edge with as many people as possible, even if he is doing a few years, a few matches a year. I think the story is much more bittersweet if he doesn't win the championship too. Doesn't mean that he can't. What a feel-good moment that would have been. And he only has to hold it for a, a month or so anyway. But I think, I think you know, going up against the literal big dog and trying to get one over him and failing, I think there's there, there's something in that. So, yeah, we, 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 will, we will see. My man Thomas says, How do you review shows for ups and downs? Where do you get your ideas? I reviewed the Rumble on my channel and really struggled to think of anything interesting to say. Cheap plug, check out my review here. And Thomas has put his YouTube channel. So let me click it. And, oh, no, don't play because that will not sound good coming through my microphone. Here's t Tom Talks Rubbish. Amazing channel name. Everyone go check out Tom Talks Rubbish on YouTube. Where do I come up with my ideas? I don't know if I'm honest. I watch the show and I'm making notes constantly and I just write things down that I see. And if they make me laugh, I hope that they make other people laugh. I will admit it's a lot of pressure. Sorry, it's a lot of pressure I put on myself because being funny can be very, very uh, subjective and you're worried that you're just being a moron. But no, I do. I always endeavor for every episode to be funnier or better or a little bit different from the last, which is why you'll have noticed the characters come and go. I try and read the audience. I try and Chris Jericho this stuff. Like, I make sure you're ahead of the curve. But I mean, I, honestly, it, I, I do think the more you do it, the better you get at it. But I sit there and I make notes and I go back through my notes and I kind of, you know, shift around and I change around and it, it's I I love it, but I do think it's quite it can be a challenge. But that's probably one of the reasons I love it too. Uh, Gillen says, "Rumor is that Edge may choose Roman as his WrestleMania opponent. Would you be accepting of a match similar to Cena Lesnar at SummerSlam, where it'd be more of a showcase of Reigns' dominance? <coughs> Excuse me, 
over a legend rather than an evenly fought matchup. I mean, I would do because it benefits Roman, but I actually don't think I'd enjoy that in that match. Um, I'd, I'd rather the, the, the close near falls and because Edge is such a good wrestler. Not that John Cena isn't, but Edge is such a good wrestler on that kind of a stage, especially given that he had to fight in a warehouse last year. Uh, I'd like to see them go at it because I think they have a great match. Uh, Umar Asif says, if you could use any finisher, what would it be? Probably the stunner or the diamond cutter, RKO, because they're the best out of nowhere, can hit on anyone moves. And that's what a good finisher should be. Oliver says, hey, Simon, how do you feel about the Cody Shaq story? I get the idea, but I find it a bit boring. As I said, is it something that I'm going to be excited about every single week? I mean, potentially, depending on what they do. But I understand it from a, a bigger picture perspective. And when that happens, I'm perfectly cool with it. It's a bit dull at the moment, I suppose. I wouldn't use that word, but yeah, it's a bit so-so at the moment. But I guess it's just starting too. Uh, X Mad Pancakes X, amazing name. As we could get Omega versus Moxley three, what are your thoughts? As Kenny is AEW plus AAA champ, do you have him challenge Moxley at Revolution for his IWGP US title? Have Kenny win and go on a takeover mission to New Japan, Ring of Honor, NWA Impact, etc. Maybe even the WWE title cool idea where you can cancel that last one. There's never going to be a business working relationship between those two companies because WWE wants to gobble everybody up. I think. I don't know when that New Japan Strong Show is airing. I think Moxie's already lost that championship. You may as well get it back to New Japan, and it's nobody's fault. So, no, I don't think they're going to do that. I think he'll win the Impact Championship, and I really, that's all you need. It'd be cool if he did get some other ones, but if you've got the AEW, the AAA, and the Impact, you're a, you know, you're a world champion in three companies, if you sell that right, that's still, you know, that's still pretty good. My man Cody says, what if AEW's other shows they talked about having is actually the New Japan, US, and UK TV deal? Don't you think that could happen? I mean, I don't think so. That's not the kind of deal that New Japan would want to get in bed with because then they're, you know, they're subservient to AEW. They don't want that. They want to stand on their own two feet. Elix says, how long do you think Edge can go for at this level? Probably a couple more years if he's only going to have a few matches a week. It's all a, a, a month, a year. <laughs> Goodness, come on, Simon. It all depends what kind of shape he can keep himself in, which is hard when it comes to wrestling. You know, as a guy that's done some wrestling matches, you can do some crazy stuff on the ropes and fine, and then someone gives you a drop toe hold and you break your leg. So I hope he stays, I hope he stays healthy. And I hope, again, Edge versus all the people that I said, and then he can retire on his terms. And I think it will be lovely. RNBW3 says, thoughts on Doritos? Probably the best crisp out there. I'd have to think about that, but they're top five, definitely. Tom, with the money over the next five years coming from Peacock, who is your dream wrestler to step inside the Thunderdome? Mine is CM Punk because Vince could pay his ridiculous wage demands. I would like to see CM Punk back, but mostly because of the um, uh, reaction it would cause online. And that's, some, that's one of my favorite things about wrestling these days is that people get uh, excited and there's a buzz and there's something in the air. And I think that's the, one of the best things about wrestling. I don't really know who else there is in terms of free agents. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody now. I mean, CM Punk is the biggest one. You know, The Rock and Austin, they're not going to do you know anything much anymore. So that doesn't really count. So I guess CM Punk would be the guy. Be Positive says, with WrestleMania 17, 17, 37 just around the corner, rumors of Edge versus Reigns are rampant. If it is true, who would you like to see Drew McIntyre fight against? Not a part-timer. I'd pick Damian Priest. I think it's too soon for Damian Priest because while I... Let me rephrase that. If he's going to win the championship, absolutely put Damian Priest in that match. But there's no point building him up and then just losing that quickly because he'll lose some of his allure. Um, I don't, it's a really good question. I've been thinking about this all day. I don't think it's going to be Sheamus because I don't think you're going to do that build for three months, nor do I think you have to do that build for three months. Brock Lesnar could come back, and as long as Drew wins that, I'm happy to do it again. 
And then, yes, it's difficult. You could do Keithley, I suppose, but it kind of feels like we've already been there. I'm going to be intrigued. The card is shaping up very interestingly. Tiona B says, I don't know how mankind went from scary boiler room dude to shirt and tie Mr. Socko. Do you have any strange gaps in your wrestling knowledge? Side note, your YouTube channel has been inspirational since I started my fitness journey. Thank you. Hashtag BLC. Thanks, man. Um, well, I mean, the mankind one was when he, yeah, he joined the corporation because he was looking for a father figure in Vince McMahon and got screwed and became sympathetic. I'm sure there is because I watch so much wrestling, but this is, I, I'll tell you a story. This is the only problem with retro ups and downs, which I try and treat contextually and people don't get that they think i've just never seen the shows i can promise you i've seen every wrestling show maybe ever <laughs> watch a lot of wrestling i'm very lucky uh gloom says do you think wrestling could have legacy characters like in comics and which so which wrestler could play a character from the past yeah mexico someone replied mexico does do that a lot i mean ray mysterio you could do it with you know if you give dominic mysterio the mask i'd love that i think that would be cool at time you could have done it with Kane and the Undertaker but not now because they've made those roles their own but yeah sure you could do that I'd be alright with it I wouldn't mind it at all it's kind of what Impact has done with Suicide loads of people have played that guy if they're under a mask you don't know who they are I guess it's the same with Sin Cara I genuinely don't mind it I think it's fine uh, Buddy says have you ever spread brie on a beef sandwich you should no I don't think I'd like I don't really like brie but I'm glad you enjoy it Zook says if WWE was in charge of Groundhog Day here in America how would it go well, it'd be the same thing every day, Zook. You know this. MSK, hey, Simon, I love all the content you make. Thank you, man. I appreciate this. I want to ask you, what would be a dream scenario for Sean Spears to return? And also, should Hangman Page join forces with Matt Hardy? Or this, or would this be bad, given that he's a sympathetic babyface? I don't know about Sean Spears. I like that promo he cut before he left. A lot of people said he was close to Brody Lee, and of course, that promo happened around the time we got the news, so I don't know whether the two tied in. I would just like to see him being given a little bit of a run. It kind of comes and goes too much to really, you know, get some consistency, which is a shame because I do think there is something there with him. I like Sean Spears a lot. I wanted to be his tag team partner, as we know. You could put Hangman Page with Matt Hardy, yeah. You just make it a mini feud. The, Id the idea for me is probably either later in the year or early next year that Hangman Page... You get the redemption storyline. He wins the AEW title by beating Kenny Omega, which would be poetic. And in that, you know, between them, because he is such a complex character, you can let him do some good stuff. You can let him do his, some bad stuff. It works all around, which is why he's so good and why he has so much potential. And we finish with David, who says, will there ever be an up, up, down, down, ups and downs crossover? Maybe an upping and downing wrestling video games. Well, look, I'm sure that I would benefit more than that from what they would benefit from that. But I am up for collaborating with as many people as I possibly could. I think collaborations are cool. I think collaborations are fun. And if I get to talk to those guys, I mean, it would it would be pretty cool, right? So uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But you never know. You never know in this crazy world. So we shall see. Uh, and on that note, we shall wrap it up for today. I know we still haven't done one on Thursday. I promise you it is personal stuff coming to kick my ass, which is my eye. If I ever say that, it's my eye. My eye kicking my ass. But uh, you don't need to know that. It's boring. Just double checking to make sure nothing is broken because that one time we were doing a podcast and the Eric Bischoff, Paul Heyman uh, news came out. I don't think so. Uh, apparently, Drew McIntyre did do an interview that said originally he was going to have a male model gimmick where he's going to come out on a run runway and model the world's greatest underpants. Can you imagine? I mean, 3MB was one thing. 
<laughs> that may have been that may have been too much otherwise thank you as always for listening to me i do appreciate it again thank you for all the patrons that make this possible no patron no podcast i will endeavor to do my best on thursday i am sorry for those i don't that do get mad about it it's i'm an idiot you're right i should uh, i should be killed <laughs> no one says that actually some people do it doesn't matter otherwise yeah find me on twitter find me on instagram find me on youtube just search for my name and i shall chat to you all hopefully in around about 48 hours